I want to start out by giving a shout out to the world champ, Toronto Raptors, for taking care of business, sweeping the Nets for nothing. No disrespect, because I thought the Nets played hard. I thought they gave every bit of effort they could and get the most out of the depleted roster that they had, but the champs were just too good. Salute to the Raptors. And then I'm looking at the situation with the Celtics and the Sixers. There's been no result so far in the playoffs that have shocked me just how soon we've gotten to those conclusions. I had the Raptors sweeping the Nets. I had the Sixers losing to the Celtics in six games, even without Ben Simmons. I thought the Sixers' size would play a factor in that series, and Boston was just too good, especially defensively, surprisingly holding their own on the boards. That's something I didn't see. I knew that the Sixers had spacing issues with or without Ben Simmons. What I didn't know is, there just seemed to be a lack of identity offensively and defensively. Nobody called out picks. They just seemed like they were never connected. That Sixer team, when you look at them going forward, a lot of people were talking about Embiid or Simmons. I don't know if you give up on that talent. I think what you might want to consider is going another direction in terms of your leadership on the bench and maybe your leadership in the front office. Those two series, the results did not shock me. A series that caught me off guard in terms of how it's played out so far, obviously Bucks versus the Magic. Nick Vucevic was doing his thing. He's played well the entire series. It's a 2-1 series. Obviously, if you listen to my playoff episode, I had the Bucks sweeping. So shout out to the Magic for proving me wrong and balling. I still think the Bucks will win this series, but it's become a series. When I look at what's going on with Miami and Indiana, even without their best player, Sabonis, I thought the I thought the Pacers could make this a series. I had the Heat in six. The Heat looked like they're going to sweep, and this series has played out real simple. Late in games. The Heat make shots. The Pacers don't have shot makers. Malcolm Brogdon has played terrific. He's been lights out, but there is very little help around him. Jimmy Buckets has done a great job on TJ Warren. And when I look at Victor Oluwadipo, you can see the burst, but he's unable to finish at the basket. So I just don't think he's 100%. But I love the way the Pacers have fought, even though they've lost. They're going to go down swinging. But Miami, I had them winning anyway. I'm just surprised at how soon and how fast that they're going to dispatch the Pacers. But what's really fun, what really woke everybody up, maybe the series of the first round. I had the Clippers in six, and that was out of respect to the Mavs' shot-making ability. But Luca and company, they got plans. Let's get it. When someone labels you a superstar, the expectations for your performance are always through the roof. Coming into this series, like I said, I had the Clippers in six. 
because I respected the Mavs' shot-making ability. I think Dallas is one of the best, if not the best, shooting team in the NBA. In this series, they've got four guys shooting better than 38% from three, with Seth Curry at 56% and Porzingis at 53%. That's shooting. But that's not why this is a 2-2 series. It's a 2-2 series because their best player has been the best player in this series. Luka, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 52% from the field, 38 from three. He has dominated offensively this entire series. His ability to control pace as well as shot make late in games has made this a 2-2 series. He's not doing it alone, but by far he has been the dominant figure of this series. And that's a series with Kawhi Leonard, with Paul George, with Doc Rivers coaching. Coming into this game or this series, I really thought between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with their reps as great perimeter defenders, they couldn't stop Luka, but they would be able to slow him down. They'd make him be more of a volume scorer. And they've not slowed him down at all. The truth is, so far, I've yet to see a Clipper player that can slow him down or guard him. Now, that's a problem for anybody. He's a tough cover. I've said this before. People have made bird comparisons, or they've said he's magic-like. He's a gifted, talented young player. I look at him and I see a more talented Paul Pierce. Not incredibly athletic, but his ball handling, his basketball IQ, his physicality, and his ability to keep defenders on his hip until he attacks. It's a gift. He's just a baller. And at 20 years old, obviously the sky's the limit. I don't know what he will be. But looking at what he's doing right now, he could very well be an all-time great. But I'm one of those people, two years into this, we've got to let him have that career before we judge his career. But right now, what he's doing, it's insane. Last night, the game winner. 2-2. And I'm thinking the Clippers come into this series with all this We've got Pat Bev, we've got Kawhi, we've got Paul George. Look, Pat Bev can't guard him. Paul George can't guard him. Kawhi can't guard him. He willingly took a screen, and he didn't have to. That's when you don't want it. You want no part of that guy. I'd never seen him do that before, but he did it last night. And Paul George struggles. It's one thing for him to struggle defensively. But right now, he's struggling offensively. For the series, 15 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists. Those aren't horrible numbers, but he's shooting 30% from the field and 22% from three. His confidence has gotten worse with each game. And the Mavs' confidence as a unit is through the roof. Remember, I said if you play at their pace, you lose. They have controlled the pace. It's a 2-2 series, but it could easily be a 3-1 series.
the Mavs have controlled the pace throughout this series. And every time, if they're going to be 125 to 130, you are playing a fool's game when you're playing with the Mavericks. The disappointing part, if you're a Clipper fan, it's not that the Mavs are getting their shots and hitting their shots. It's not that so far no one defender can stop Luka. The disappointing part as a as a Clipper fan, y'all not stopping anybody. Tim Hardaway Jr., he is getting to the basket at will. Seth Curry, get into the basket at will. Trey Burke at will. You're not stopping anybody. It is the floodgates are wide open. That's what is disappointing. Luka is an exceptional player. He's a top 10 player, maybe even top five. Maybe he's pushed himself into the top five right now. But everybody that attacks the basket is getting whatever shot they want. And that's on Kawhi. That's on Paul George. That's on Doc Rivers. That's the really surprising part about this series. Yes, the Clippers can't stop Luka, but they're not stopping anybody. I thought this would come down to the Mavs' shot-making ability and the Clippers' ability to play defense to lock them up in big moments, and they haven't been able to do that. You don't change your pick, but I am pleasantly surprised at how this has developed. This may very well end up a seven-game series. And if you are a Clipper fan, be very afraid because if it goes seven, I don't think that's in your favor. Right now, Doc Rivers and his coaching staff, yes, you want to slow Luka down, but you need to slow everybody down. The Clippers have come into this series as as like they were entitled to go to the finals, and the Mavs have come into this series thinking, These guys can't guard us. And so far, the Mavs are right. As far as Paul George goes, you can't call yourself playoff P and continually disappear in the playoffs. Luka's not the only young star that's on the rise. When you look at the series between the Nuggets and the Jazz, I had the Nuggets winning in six. When you have a Jamal Murray, age 22, on the rise, Joker, age 24 on the rise. Michael Porter Jr. coming. Jeremy Grant, 25. Monte Morris, 24. Bowl Bowl, 20. They have a young, talented core. But the reason I picked them in six games, I still think they have an identity problem with how they run their offense and who is their alpha. Most people want the Joker, Jokic, to be the main guy. Terrific all-around player. But Jamal Murray has the alpha personality. It's Jamal Murray who makes and takes the big shots for this team. His only problem is consistency. But when Jamal Murray is aggressive and he's in attack mode, he becomes the alpha. For Denver to win this series, they're going to need Nikolai Jokic. They're going to need Joker to behave more like Jamal Murray. He's got to be a little bit more selfish, more aggressive, and attack Rudy Gobert every chance he gets. I'm surprised that the Nuggets are where they are. Trust me, I had them winning this series, but to be down 3-1, it's surprising. But let's not sleep on what Donovan Mitchell has done. He's averaging 40, 6 assists, 56% from the field, 
51% from three and 95% from the line. They don't have their second leading score in Bogdanovich, but they're getting help from Jordan Clarkson off the bench. He's averaging 19. Gorbert has stepped up his offensive production. He's giving you 19 and 10. But the biggest surprise is from a veteran who for years is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Mike Conley has struggled to fit with the Jazz all year long. But he's been the difference in this series. He's been that second leading scorer they needed, averaging 26 points a game, 65% from the field, and almost 70% from three. His shooting has been lights out. His ability to make shots, with Donovan Mitchell being the primary creator, has been the difference in this series. I gave Utah two games because of how they played and how well they were coached. But Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley as a duo have been so dynamic. And the Joker has been AWOL late in games. There's a real chance the Nuggets will go down in the first round if they don't solve their identity crisis. You're not going to stop Donovan Mitchell, but I'd look to trap Donovan Mitchell and make somebody else beat me because right now he's getting whatever shot he wants. I said coming in, Dame will get you one game. The fact that he got game one made me think the Blazers might stretch this out to six games. But over the last two games, what the Lakers have done very well defensively, especially with their bigs, is they've hedged, they've pushed Dame out further, and they've made him more uncomfortable. Now, granted, he's got the injury to the index finger, and I'm sure that's a factor. One reason why I had Portland not winning this series, one, the Lakers are clearly just a better team, and two, the Blazers are not a good defense. They don't play defense. They flat out don't guard people. They don't beat you with defense. They beat you with shot making. They beat you with that dynamic backcourt along with some help from Carmelo Anthony and Gary Trent Jr. For the Blazers to make this a six-game series or seven, they're going to need more from the big guy. They're going to need more from Nurkic. Right now, it looks to me, when you watch the Blazers offensively, Nurkic is spending too much time on the perimeter, and he's got to play with more physicality. He, along with Whiteside, they have to play with more force. They're letting Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee push them around all over the floor. I'm not saying that, that, that Nurk could outplay AD, but he at least has to let AD feel him, make him feel him. He's got to play with some kind of force. He's got to at least attack AD instead of letting him off the hook playing 30 feet from the basket. Don't forget the Thunder play the Rockets tonight in game four of that series. The Rockets are up 2-1. The Rockets are going to be tough to beat as long as James Harden keeps finding shooters and they make shots. Jeff Green, 52% from three. P.J. Tucker, 47%. And Daniel House is shooting 39% from three. If the Rockets get past the Thunder, and get Russ at 100%, that is a second-round matchup nobody wants. We'll talk to you about everything we saw tonight on the other side in the next episode. It's the NBA Cypher. Next time.
you know, 